Hello, welcome to Why Left Sports. Today I have kind of a cool thing here. I am joined by Tanner, or better known as Fresh Fuzz Fred, Freddy, or just Fuzz on social media. And he was a mascot in professional sports. So how are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. Yeah, I've been uh, in professional sports and minor league sports for 14 seasons, uh, 12 years total, baseball and hockey, uh, and it ended my career in the uh, in, in the NHL with the Florida Panthers. Had a lot of fun there. Um, avoided a lot of injuries and, and met a lot of cool people, went a, cool, a lot of cool places. That is so awesome, man. Um, so how the heck did you get into it? Because it's kind of a thing that you don't hear of a lot of people getting into. So how'd you get into it? Yeah, everybody falls into it usually by accident. Um, I mean, I think I think even Dave Raymond, who was the original uh, Philly fanatic, uh, I worked for the Phillies and the Miners, so I know him well. But uh, even he says, you know, you kind of fall into it, and it's an accident. Um, I was going to school to be an engineer, uh, and obviously that is not the same. <laughs> so I got a call in high school. School and a friend said, I work for this minor league baseball team, the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs, uh, which is the AAA for the Phillies. And my boss is looking for some people with a lot of energy that want to come out and be a part of their energy team, basically throw t-shirts and make some noise, have a lot of fun and just do a summer job. And that was it. And I said, I appreciate that. I already have two summer jobs and I'm going to school to be an engineer next year. I was a senior in high school and it, it's just I just said, thank you so much. Sounds really fun, really fun, but I don't have the time for it. So I sat down at dinner with my family that night and my dad goes, you idiot. When are you ever going to work for a sports team? Why don't you go do it? Like, like this is really cool. Go do it. I'm like, all right. Cause one of my part, one of my summer jobs was working for him at the time. So uh, he was able to get me out of work earlier so I can make it to the games at night. And I started as a guy throwing t-shirts and making noise and, you know, making the, the crowd do the wave silly things like that and uh, making 30 bucks a game before taxes. So it came out to be, you know, less than $5 an hour I was making, but I was having a, a, so much fun. I didn't care. And <laughs> then the, I went to school to be an engineer, absolutely hated it and said, you know, I love my job in sports. I'm going to go to for sports management and try to be somebody in sports, making money that way, selling sponsorships or tickets. I didn't really care. I just wanted to be there. And the second year I was there, they said, hey, we know you can do this. The, the mascot's looking for a backup and it pays 40 bucks an, an hour uh, when you do appearances. I'm like, that's more than I make a whole game. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out I was really good at it and I loved it. Uh, it. It wasn't something right away I was good at, but I, I or nothing, not something I right away thought like fell in love with either. Uh, it took me probably three or four tries to decide, wow, this is really fun. And you can almost get away with murder. <laughs> you can do anything and, and people still love you. So that, that's the that's the short story long of how I went from trying to be an engineer like the uh, my other brothers and decided to just have fun and play dress up for a living instead. Yeah, that's awesome. So how did you get to the Florida Panthers from the minor leagues of baseball. Yeah, I, I started in baseball. I was there six years total. My fourth year, I, I want to say the Phantoms moved into the, into town from uh, the Adirondacks. And they basically took my whole staff, my whole entertainment staff. At this point, I'm, I'm, I'm running the entertainment staff as a full-time intern. And they, they took my whole staff over there 
and said, you're, you know, we need, we need help. We're, we're a brand new team. We don't know what we're doing. And one of my employees came to me and goes, Hey, they still need help over there. If you're just looking for a few extra bucks. So I went to my boss and asked if it was all right with her. Cause I don't want to draw any lines saying, you know, I'm mm-hmm. trying to jump ship. Uh, but at my first time I, I worked a hockey game. I was like, this is amazing. Like, especially working for an organization that's related to the, the flyers where, you know, you go to a boxing match and a, and a hockey game break, breaks out every once in a while because there's so many <laughs> fights. Uh, you know, we had, a, we had a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun there. And and there was, again, just making noise, having fun, which is where I met uh, Slapshot now. He's with the Capitals, but I met him that year, almost 10 years ago now. And we, we, we've known each other for that long. It's hard to remember, hard to remember that far back now. Uh, but yeah, I started there had a lot of fun, wanted to switch over to hockey. So I ended up uh, doing a couple games there with them. And then the next year I picked up a part-time gig with the Reading Royals, which is the ECH, ECHL affiliate of the Flyers in Reading and had a lot of fun there. I was the main performer there. And uh, I trained with the, um, the former mascot for the Capitals and Detroit Tigers Um because she was the female character there. So she was just teaching me everything. She's retired now. She just picks up a couple jobs here. She owns Keystone Mascots, uh, which is which is a company that builds mascots in Lancaster, PA. And she she took me under her wing, uh, no pun intended, since she was winger for the Capitals back in there, <laughs> back then. And uh, you know, I called her mascot mom and she she coached me and everything. And and the the funniest thing she said was, you know how I know you're gonna go pro. And I go, no, but I hope I do. And she goes, because you, you listen. I go, I listen. She goes, yeah, yeah. I give you critiques and you, you try them at least for a while. And if they work for you, great, if not, whatever, but at least you try them and you listen to them. A lot of the people that I, that I work with don't listen. And I'm like, well, that might be our age group. I don't know, <laughs> but no, no idea. But yeah, I, I, I started there and from there I, I applied online and got the, the, the uh, Panthers job blew the blew the uh, first interview had the worst interview of my life it was like middle of the game uh pregame setup for the for the iron pigs and thought i was like i, I text her actually right after aaron blank my mentor and said i'm never gonna work for the florida panthers they i just did the worst interview of my <laughs> life and ended up working there anyway so uh, <laughs> it worked out oh that's too funny so you mentioned the training yes that you do to be a mascot tell us about that a little bit a uh, little it there's a lot to it uh some of it is just as simple as training your body for the heat uh you you basically anywhere you go you're you're in an environment that's 30 to 40 degrees warmer than wherever you are so even when you're in a you know 72 degree arena and you know there's ice on the ground but there's only it's only cold where the ice is not where you're in the stands running up bleachers you know, it's still 100 to 110 degrees inside that suit when you're running around doing bleachers all day, squatting mm-hmm. up and down, taking photos, picking up kids like you're 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 busting your butt. And, uh, you know, a lot most most mascots lose about 10 pounds of water weight from sweating each game, uh, which is not good for your body. First no. off. So you, you definitely have to train uh, with that one. You definitely have to train your body that way. Uh, you also have to train just to be able to mimic the guy that's ahead of you with your backup. If you. Uh, you need to learn, you know, proper ways to deal with uh, different situations, whether that's uh, a kid with autism or um, 
somebody that has an injury of some sort, you don't want to walk up behind them and slap them on the back, <laughs> you know, right. some simple stuff like that. Uh, body language, you learn a lot of that. One of the hardest classes one of my friends took in college that she went for theater, she said was nonverbal acting, which obviously is mascot. Oh, yeah. it, it's all body language. You're, you're acting 100% with your body. Uh, and, and it's very difficult uh, for somebody that's used to training and performing with words uh, and, and, you know, language along with her, their performance and dialogue, uh, you know, where you don't have that as a mascot. Uh, most of the time, some characters do make sounds or something like that, but they're not mm -hmm. talking, you know, there, there's no dialogue. No, definitely. So being a mascot is very physical. You mm -hmm. guys do a lot of stunts and stuff. Mm -hmm. So did you do any like, I don't know, yoga, gymnastics or anything like that to help yourself with the stunts you'd have to do as a mascot? I was not what they call a uh, a gym, gymnast or a tumbler. Uh, I knew some things like you could do handstands and stuff like that. Very basic. Uh, but I wasn't out there doing backflips and stuff like that. Uh, so I didn't do gymnastics, but, you know, I'm all, I was always working out and making sure my body was kept in shape. I had a um, trainer at one point say that I, I uh, was in really good shape, but I had low cardio volume and I didn't even know what that was. Uh, but apparently it's the amount of blood your, your heart pumps per, per pump basically. Mm -hmm. uh, and she's like, yeah, you're, you're in shape. You're like in shape better than most like 18 year old guys, but you, uh, your heart volume is lower than some guys that are, you know, 300, 400 pounds. So that's really bad. So I was like, I had no idea. So basically what that does is overheat your body quicker, which again is terrible for what I was doing. Uh, right. So she was training me specifically for that because I could do everything else, but my body was overheating very quickly. Uh, so it was, um, it was very cool to learn that way. And, and that's when I started using a elevation mask, which, you know, restricts the, the airflow in uh, while you're working out. So I would do that on the bike and, you know, it, you, you do cater your, your workout to fit your body type and your performance type. Um, you know, one of my guy, one of my secondary character for the Panthers was uh, the Victory Rat, and he is former military, so he stuck to his military routines, and that worked really well for him. Uh, I did a whole bunch of stretching. He never stretched. I don't know why, but he never wanted to. I, I don't. I was. I'm only like six months older than he is, so he would make old jokes, but I, I'm not that much older than him. Um, so I don't, I don't know. It, like everybody has their own routine, diets, everything. I always carbo loaded just like a, a, a long distance runner would before uh, the night before a game. Um, you know, it, it really just depends a ton of water uh, diet, I think is probably the biggest one for me. Um, but we always, we also always said there was, there was a point where you were in shape and then there was in shape for season uh, me mm -hmm. and Victor. And uh, it always hit around Halloween for us. Like it was really hard. And that Halloween game was always really, really hard. And then after that, it was easy. Uh, so it, there's definitely different routines and, and things you have to do, but everybody's different. I wish I could just give you a one, you know, one word, one sheet answer, like, Hey, this is the workout you need to do, but there's really not. Everybody's different. No, for sure. So I just have to ask, is there like a rival for your, for the Panthers? Um, mascot that you had you know even if it's just like a joking rivalry to get the fans going or whatever yeah uh we always said our rival was the Tampa Bay Lightning um for the Panthers as, as far as an organization uh which is funny because he, the, the Thunderbug he's he's also retired now uh the guy that was there when I was there 
And he, he and I ended up being really good friends because we always ended up being roommates at all-star game or at mascot games because people just assumed we were really good friends, which we were good friends, but you know, yeah. people that were setting up these big events were like, Oh, they're right next to each other. They're probably good friends. We're four hours away. We're not right next to each other at all, right. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, we definitely are friends. So uh, we would tease every once in a while back and forth. I think I had the most fun uh, chirping as they say in hockey with um, either NJ devil or, uh, stinger but not ne- it's not negative at all we would you know we would text each other sometimes before saying hey i'm about to rip you a new one on social media be ready you know and they like or i'd or i'd even send them the the photo i was gonna post or the tweet i was gonna tweet uh so that they were ready to bicker back and forth uh so yes but no- nothing you know really like a right like a sports robbery where you're like i hate that guy <laughs> right no and no. i i figured it would be a good fun but just to like mm-hmm. get the fans riled up more yep. than anything exactly exactly oh that's awesome so i have to ask too uh i think it's robin lopez in the nba has some sort of phobia against mascots was there anybody in your time that you came across that had that same thing yeah, Robin Lopez. I think it's actually the opposite. I think he loves mascots, which is why he always, uh, he always, he actually reaches out to plan those things with the mascots. Like he, okay, he wants so it's to kind of the stuff. media thing. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's one hundred percent the media. He loves, he loves it. Uh, so I, I don't know. There's anybody, even any of the sports, that's quite like Robin Lopez because he's he's so he's so into it. Like he wants to do these things. He <laughs> takes time out of his schedule to do these things. Um, so I don't think there's anybody like that. One of my favorite players when I was with the Panthers was Keith Yandel. He's been with a couple different teams, but he was just really, really funny uh, and and had a lot of fun. Um, if you went and watched him practice, like he was always the guy that's yelling and screaming and having a good time at practice. Like you would think he was you know, at a carnival. He's, he's making jokes all the time. Like he's that kind of guy. So I had a lot of fun with him. Uh, Vincent Trocek stole my ATV at one point, which was really funny. <laughs> Um, so, you know, he, he went to, apparently he went to one of my coworkers and said, after he was getting a three-star announcement, he says, I want to go ride that. And she goes, okay, go ahead. He'll let you. And he didn't come and ask. He just jumped on my ATV and took it off. And and I didn't know it was going to happen, but we, we played along and I chased after him and it was awesome. So, uh, nobody particular, but I definitely had times where, you know, I had a really good time with these people or that, that person, um, Sean Thornton ended up being my, my, um, my VP and my boss at one point, but when he was a player at one point, he was the only person that ever punched me in suit. Uh, he was dressed as Santa and, uh, we were at a children's hospital and, and, uh, I, I approached this young girl and she, she started crying. I think she was probably four. So I slowly backed up and he was dressed as Santa. Cause it was around Christmas time and came up and goes, look what you did Stanley. And like punched me in the, punched me in the nose. And it was hard enough that like, it didn't hit me cause it, you know, it got the foam around me, but it was hard enough to switch my helmet. I was looking out my ear hole for a second. <laughs> so I teased him for a long time. Like, Hey, you know, that you're the only person that's ever punched me. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> we, funny. we ended up having a really good, uh, relationship. I ended up visiting his, uh, kids for, you know, the holidays and, you know, Halloween, Christmas, Valentine's day, I'd bring his, his wife flowers. So we ended up being really good friends, um, on a, on a business level, as well as a player and, and a personal level as well. Oh, that's great. So being, I'm disabled, I don't know if you know that, and I've spent a lot of time in children's hospitals. Mm-hmm. And I notice that players and mascots go to hospitals a lot. You know, I spent time in Seattle Children's and um, the Mariner Moose would go there all the time. And um, it's Seattle Seahawk. I don't remember what his name is. I think it's Blitz. Blitz thank Blitz. you. <laughs> um, 
they go there all the time. Did you have any experiences like that? I know you mentioned that you were there with at Christmas time. Did mm-hmm. you have any specific experiences that stuck out to you? Yeah. Uh, so before I left Pennsylvania, uh, a friend of mine who had a son who was in the children's hospital in Philly. Um, I don't know for what or what duration doesn't really matter. Um, but she set up a whole event at the children's hospital where she collected, I want to say she collected almost 2000 toys, her, her alone. And she asked me to help her out with it. And I, I said, I would, I'd happy to, but I, you know, I'm working a couple jobs. What do you need from me? And she goes, I just need you to text all your friends who are mascots and get them to come to the children's hospital that day. We ended up having too many mascots that they wouldn't let us all go upstairs. We had 14 different mascots. We had, I want to say two news stations there. We at least had one news station. I think we had two um, come as well. She did interviews. We went upstairs. Um, She always tells the story of when she went to um, the children's museum or children's hospital. And there was this girl with like all these paintings and toys and everything around her room. And um, she, she, did she like was just having a blast when all these mascots came in and when she backed out of the room she felt uh, her hands like wrap around her stomach um or arms and it was um one of the nurses who was crying and she like turned around and she goes thank you so much for coming uh her parents haven't been here in six months all those toys and gifts and stuff were from the doctors and she hasn't smiled in a long time so it's really cool to hear that story and you know i participated in that that visit uh both the hospitals um i i let me back out uh then i came down here for the panthers and we went to visit the first hospital and she the one of the one of the nurses said oh stanley actually showed up this time i like i took that little weird like what was with that tone i don't i don't understand that so i asked my assistant to go ask her what she meant and she he did and uh turns out the uh, stanley had canceled on her and on, on them in the past uh and just not shown up or just called the day of and said we can't make it which i was like all right well we're fixing that so i ended up reaching out to them the next uh week and saying hey i i want to do something with you guys every month i want to come to the children's hospital every month and they were like all right but like if you have to cancel just let us know ahead of time don't just like bail on it. I'm like, no, no, no. We're going to be there every month. Um, as long as I say we have time and we will be there this day, we'll be there every month. And they're like, okay. Like, and they, they had almost like a tone of like, we'll believe it when we see it. Uh, we yeah. ended up doing it. So we ended up doing it. Uh, and about six months later, their sister hospital called me uh, and said, Hey, can you come over to our children's hospital too? So we ended up going to two children's hospital every month. Um, as much, as much as we could, uh, we probably hit 10 a year uh for the visit sometimes we just had too many games and couldn't fit it in so but like almost almost every month we went to both of them and uh after that they ended up doing a partnership with our um with our team that was worth half a million dollars and everything they did they wanted stanley there like they would get upset when i was like hey stanley can't make it for this this uh video shoot you guys have for this event but victor can be there and they're like no we don't we just keep victor we want to wait for stanley like we'll we'll reschedule the event <laughs> like they would do that and i'm like okay like it was really cool like not my intentions but obviously good deed paid off and you know i was i was more valuable for my team at that point but you know it it, it, it was very impactful to be part of that that 
environment, which is why we always went. I had, I had cheerleaders that literally would line up and be like, Hey, I want to go to the next one with you. I want to go to the next one with you. And, and it was, it was really cool. It was really cool. I love doing that. Fortunately, that fortunately, both of those hospitals are short-term, but the one in, in Philly and Allentown are, are long-term and there's, there's kids there that have never seen the outside of the hospital and they're 18 years old. Like it's scary, you know, just very sad. Oh, for sure. <clears throat> Excuse me. So what did that mean to you personally to be able to have that outreach to the community um, you're in? Specifically with the Children's Hospital or any anywhere in the Just community? any outreach, because I know that sports teams as a whole do a ton of outreach in their respective communities. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, the Children's Hospital uh, was one of one of the most important to me. Uh, obviously, I mean, it was my my baby, if you will. Um, you know, I, that's why I set it up and, and, and it kept growing as well. Uh, but, you know, another thing we, we did was when uh, Hurricane Irma came through, we were the f- like, I didn't have power for eight days. I was sleeping at the arena because they had AC. Um, <laughs> no, I would go home, grab clothes, shower and head back to the head back to the arena and just work there until like 11 p.m. Because I was like, I got nothing better to do. So I'd work until 11 and sleep there. And, uh, you know, that was like two or three days. But then we were the first, as soon as they opened up the streets as well, before I was even sleeping there, uh, we were the first people going to areas. We were going off of Twitter saying, all right, who needs water? Who needs what? And we were dr- bringing food and water to different places in, in Fort Lauderdale and South Florida. And we were, we were working alongside the police department. They're like, Hey, don't go there. You might have a riot. We're like, no, we've got enough food. We're going. And like, we had a lot of former military in our office too. So like, Mm-hmm. They, they felt confident enough they could do it but we had a ton of food and water too so we were going places before you know first responders could and and dropping off food and water and whatever we could blankets clothing uh whatever we could and then we were also the first people we were lined up uh waiting them for to open up the um the road going into the florida keys as well so we were the first non uh people that didn't live there people that non-civilians there uh, that were able to go down and we, we delivered food and water and all kinds of stuff there too. And it was, it was unbelievable. I like it seeing what had happened there and being able to right away, drop off, drop off, you know, supplies. Uh, that one was, that's probably one of the most impactful, um, times I had. And, and it was, I brought the suit there, like, bring the suit. You may need it. You may not, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and Stanley was in the van the whole time when we were doing, doing that stuff. I think I broke him out once or twice and, and that was basically it. But like, we, we were there specifically to help these people. It wasn't for, you know, a, a, you know, a PR move or anything like that. It was really cool. Uh, that was one of the most impactful for me, at least. Oh, for sure. Definitely. <clears throat> so an art in being a mascot is getting the entire arena stadium, whatever you're in engaged. Mm-hmm. How did you learn that art? Uh, First thing was I got a drum and uh, the drum I had was pretty loud, but I made really good friends with the bass player in Newfound Glory. They used to tour with Yellow Car. They were really big in the late 90s. Awesome guys. Uh, I even did a music video with them at one point for Stanley's cool. birthday. Like really, really cool guys. Uh, but I, I, I uh, lost my drum. One of the one of the ice crew, ice crew guys took it and was playing a prank on me. But I was like, I need my drum. Like, I have to have a drum. So I called him and was like, hey, I need a drum like ASAP. What does your drummer have uh, as far as connections? And it, he goes, uh, my drummer's in New York. So let me call somebody. 
down here and he just called and name drops. I was like, Hey, I'm Ian from newfound. Can you help my buddy out? He's, he works for the Panthers and uh, they hooked me up. They got me a really nice drum and it was the loudest I, hands down. I still think it's the loudest drum in all of <laughs> sports. Cause it was it like we, when we had like a tragedy or something like that, we, we, we started with putting me on camera first before the first, for the first time I hit the drum because people were afraid that there was gunshots for a while. Like oh, yeah. that's how loud it is. So uh, having a loud drum really helped. Um, the second is we always like, we joke with me and my mascot friends uh, specifically. My, one of my best friends is uh, the former blooper for the Braves. Um, he, he designed that character, did a great job. And mm. uh, he, he and I always joke that you have to train fans and you do, you like, you have to train them. Like, all right, when I do this, you're supposed to do this. When I mm. drum this way, you're supposed to say this. And you do, you train the fans. Like they end up learning your mannerisms and what you're doing. And, you know, when he stands up on the, on the, on the railing, I, I need to put my attention on him. Like, you know, you, you end up doing this and it does take at least a year or two to, to, teach, you know, teach the fans, like, this is what I do. This is what you need to do. And this is how we all get engaged. Um, and, and now like, at the end, whenever I hit that drum, I could get the crowd going. And I was the only one that could, you know what I mean? Like it was the DJ could play music and sure it would get them. They would get a little louder, but like when that drum hit, they were engaged and and you do have to, you have to teach them. And it, it's very cool. You know, it's, it's very funny because we joke, it's very much like teaching a dog. Like you have to be consistent. You have to do this and you have to, but it's very true too. Like you have to teach people how to, how to be a fan, you know what I mean? How to be a fan in each, each fans, each arena is different and each mascot is different. Each fan base is different as well. No, definitely. So as a mascot, did you get to travel to road games? Uh, some I did about 10 travel uh, trips a year. Um, so I would go to all every all star game. I did the uh, World Series in Finland. Um, I would go to a few mascot birthdays, which is when we invite our buddies in for our mascots birthday. And uh, <laughs> it's just a really cool way to basically have the team pay for your buddies to come and visit. Um, <laughs> but it's but it's a really fun, exciting game for kids and, and, and adults, to be honest, I had I had I had people that would said like, I came from, you know, another country or a different state to come and see this game. So I could see all these mascots. Uh, so it's pretty cool. You see a lot of that. Um, and then I also did a whole bunch of uh, trips that were just for sponsorship reasons. So like we went to Barbados at one point, which was absolutely beautiful. And oh. we went, we went and did a uh, rum tour. There was a couple of players that were there. We did all this touristy stuff and, my job was basically go and enjoy. And when they said, Hey, we need you, we need Stanley, like right then and there, we needed to have him. So I, I was just carrying around this giant hockey bag all over Barbados. And <laughs> I think other than the, like the two things we had already scheduled, they asked me once or twice to throw on the suit real quick. And other than that, we were just, you know, enjoying Barbados going on a rum tour and having a good time. <laughs> so it was, oh, it was awesome. great. It was great. You know, and, and, and uh, you know, you meet people and, and, uh yeah just have a really cool time i still keep in touch with one of the guys that was our our host there on social media uh all the time that's awesome mm -hmm. so hockey is kind of notorious for fighting mm -hmm. what was your role as the mascot during those fight were you kind of an instigator as well oh yeah absolutely <laughs> <laughs> i think every team's a little different uh and there was a time i don't know that they're still doing it uh when i started there was a time when they were trying to make 
hockey more family friendly and and discourage the fights at least and i'm like uh, no that's that's i mean people go for the fights like <laughs> yeah like come on like we, we all know what they're there for uh you know like it's why you watch dirt track racing like you want to see the cars that you know crumble into pieces because they're they're built for that right. uh you know you it's 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 something that's part of the game and and definitely encouraging anytime there was a fight i stopped every i i there's times where i did not know what the score was i knew our score because the horn would go off but i'm so busy i was doing seat visits i was taking pictures i was you know on camera i was trying to make it the next place we during the game i'm sprinting like from place to place like i'm going 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 uh and and it, there's it's non-stop but um that where was i going with this uh but we just had a lot of fun there um Shoot, I forgot where I was going with this. Um, but anyway, we were, we kept going, and and there was times where I didn't know the score at all because I was so busy. But then I I knew when there was a fight because people stood up, were yelling, saying "hit him," and I turned around and started wailing on my my drum. And anytime there was a fight, my assistant knew right away he wants the drum because I'm gonna get the car out as loud <laughs> as I can and just wail on that drum, and and they scream along with it. So uh, yeah, it's it's a uh, definitely a part of the game and probably my favorite part of the game <laughs> there was multiple times where i had i was a couple rows back and there was a fight right against the glass and i just ran up to the glass just so i could watch i didn't really care about what was going on <laughs> uh, oh, that's awesome yeah yeah so who's the best fighter you've witnessed oh best fighter i don't know uh my favorite fighter was sean thornton uh again a buddy of mine uh and and uh just really fun to watch and there's a couple of videos of him uh, chirping the other players, just having a ball because he, you know, he, he pushed a guy and the, the refs, you know, stopped them before they fought. And, you know, we had him mic'd up or somebody around him was mic'd up. I'm not sure if it was actually him, but he's leaning over the shoulder of the ref going, wah, wah. <laughs> just <laughs> instigating him for sure. And it's so funny because we have a perfect shot of his face. The audio is perfect. And you can just see him, you know, just making fun. of. I don't even know who the player was, but it's just so funny. Uh, but he's also a good fighter, a uh, really good friend of mine. So I enjoyed I enjoyed watching him fight. Um, and I don't know who else, who else I really liked watching fight, uh, Brian Boyle, just cause he was so lengthy and large, you know, he, he could literally hold someone back and the guy's arm wouldn't reach halfway. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, he was a lot of fun to watch fight. Uh, but yeah, probably Sean Thornton. I enjoyed him as a fighter. That's awesome. So my mm -hmm. final question is behind you, I see some memorabilia for hockey. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All kinds what of is stuff. your favorite piece that you have back there? Oh man. Can I stand up? Is that all right? Go ahead. <laughs> all right. So these aren't necessarily memorabilia, um, as I would call them at least. But these are the original drawings um, from when they designed Stanley in 1993, uh, which is pretty cool. Like they still have like the paper over top of them, like the wax paper. Uh, they're protected right here, so I can touch them all I want. They got a plastic over top of them. Uh, but very, very cool um, design um, of when they were trying to do it. Sorry, I'll try to give you a better shot without That's the glare. That's so cool. Yeah, very cool. I have probably 10 of these. Um, not this specific drawing, but 10 different designs. 
they were looking into and some of them obviously stayed like that's the original this next one is basically the hulk to stanley's bruce banner they wanted to make a panther's beast is what they called it um and it was a huge like shoulder mounted um design they didn't go through with it obviously um (laughs) it had retractable claws like actually pistons in the in the claws that would stick out um had eyes that would light up and again this is 1993 so like this is very oh that's so cool old school like movie technology basically um and it had co2 that would shoot out the nostrils too um the rest are in the other room um but this is the uh the basic drawing of it oh that would have been awesome to see it's very cool it was very scary uh, this is a little more cartoonish than the actual drawings they had, the sketches of like the, the, um, um, of like the, how the pistons would work and the CO2 and all that. Uh, I'm going to make a, a, a TikTok video kind of explaining each of these, um, but very cool stuff. And I'm not artistic at all. So I love these, <laughs> but I want to get these framed and put up, uh, but they're very cool. I, I, I found them. Um, and the, the sad part is they were going to throw them out. Uh, they were in like storage at the arena in a pile of all kinds of stuff that um, was like old players signed things that were like from the 1990s that like players that really didn't turn out to be much. Like they played a few mm-hmm. games, you know, rookies that didn't go very far. Uh, it was just in a whole bunch of it's, it was just in a pile of a whole bunch of stuff they were trying to get rid of. And my boss found them as he was walking by. He's like, you might want these. Like, yes, I do. (laughs) So (laughs) I have them and uh, they're the only ones that they're the kind. And uh, I think it's really cool. I have a whole bunch of other stuff that's really neat, but uh, you know, that, that one's the one for me like that. Those, those, those ones, I guess, are the, the, the thing to, to, that I grabbed and and loved. That is so cool. Especially because they are one of a kind and it's a part of you too, for, yeah. so many years yeah yeah exactly exactly so i want to get them framed and put up eventually but um not sure where or where i can put 10 um <laughs> different paintings <laughs> or pictures up because they're big they're real There's big so. one in each room yeah exactly exactly <laughs> so i have no idea what i'm gonna do have i'm gonna need a whole it around the house right <laughs> yeah exactly exactly um so you're big into social media where can people mm-hmm. find you i am all over social media tiktok instagram uh twitter Twitch, YouTube, Discord, all at Fuzz, uh, Fresh Fuzz Freddy. Uh, I know it's tough to say, Fresh Fuzz Freddy. Uh, but yes, I'm all up there. I have 33,000 followers now on TikTok. Awesome. Thank you guys for so much for the support. Any of those fuzzballs out there. Um, and, uh, you know, Twitch is doing really well as well. As well, We have 650 followers over there. So awesome, awesome group in the fraternity house. And, uh, and, and I appreciate all, each, each and every one of you guys. Well, that's awesome. That's where I found you was on TikTok. So Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah, (laughs) I was happy to find you and happy to have this opportunity to interview you. Well, thank thank you you for having me. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Of course. Yeah. You have a great rest of your day. Thank you. You too. Bye.